this political reality Sins carried out in your name Help us change the rules of the game Listen up my friend This is how we begin And fix the sins that they brought First we need to grow up And then we need to show up Kick the asses out In this great country, just about every Monday, politicians work some backroom scheme. But right on pace, well, they'll lie to your face, expecting you to get down on your knees. Recall them all. Let's kick them to the curb. can down the road, but if we all don't fight, if we all don't wake up and fight for our individual liberties and freedoms, then they are going to be stripped away from us. We are the greatest country that's ever existed, and, um, and we're going to keep it that way. Today's show is brought to you by Farmer Joe's Fresh Market, located at 1401 Southwest Pine Island Road in beautiful Cape Coral, Florida. Everything you need more, Lee County's greatest grocery store. Farmer Joe's Fresh Market. I'm going to be there today picking up some beautiful sandwich and vegetable trays for my baby Addigator 6th birthday party tomorrow. Uh, joining me is veteran political analyst, businessman, attorney, multimedia commentator, Mr. Ford O'Connell. You can find him at FordOConnell.com, Ford O'Connell on X and most reputable media outlets. We want to welcome special guest Chance John Meyer from Recall Florida. Also, we open the show with a new song by the musically talented Wes Herndon, which is available for pre-order release March 8th. I am Smoking Joe, and welcome to Agriculture. Wes and Chance, I want to thank you guys for coming and spending some time with us. Uh, Ford, is this the first time you heard this limited version of Wes's uh, new song, Recall Them All? Well, it's the first time I've heard it, other than the clip you sent me. And I got to admit, it's pretty fantastic. And it captures a sentiment that many Floridians feel because a lot of people say, hey, I vote Republican, but it doesn't mean I like either of them. It's just this is the less bad option. Right. Well, Chance John Meyer, you sent me a, a clip, and, and I knew as soon as it. God, I said, hey, can you get me in touch with this guy? And uh, uh, he made made it happen, and uh, I was immediately pulled to the song. I mean, it, it made me, I, it just made me feel like it's about damn time, you know. That's, that's the way the song grabbed me, you know. 
Uh, and Wes and I have spoken a few times now. I was impressed by his conversation from the very first time we spoke. Uh, Wes, I know you live in Georgia, but you play around the panhandle a lot, right? I actually have lived in the panhandle for 15 years. I'm originally from Georgia. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm a, I call myself, I know I'm a transplant. I know you're supposed to be born here and have three generations buried in the cemetery, but I am, I consider myself a Florida man. Well, now, do you notice any difference between the people you entertain in Florida versus other venues, other areas? Uh, I, I think we, we're natural rebels here in Florida to a degree. I think most of us are, and we like that liberty. And one of the things, I've, I've got other songs out, but one of the things I always say from sta the stage is we're fortunate enough to live in the freest state in the union and in the panhandle, no, no offense to you guys in South Florida, but we consider this the freest part of Florida. And then in Walton County, Florida, we consider that the freest part of the panhandle. So any place, any room I'm playing in is the freest room in the entire world. That's well, I don't want I don't want to don't want to burst your bubble, but we consider one area down here Freedom Town, USA, and that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's down there around uh, see the table at where all the patriots come and, and uh, talk at Alfie Oates' place. Who I did have Alfie Oates' speech from Alfie Oates at the end of your song. Uh, he's a great patriot in our area and and uh, does a lot for the community. Anyway, I really become a fan of you, Wes. Uh, I've seen you sing with your lovely daughter. That's got to be an unbelievable feeling. I tell you, it, it absolutely is. She is leaps and bounds more talented than I am from a singing standpoint. And I know most dads would say that about their kids, but she really is. She's just a fabulous singer. And But she's an angsty teen, so getting her to get out and do it more is, is, is difficult. But, you know, yeah, I, she is my heart. She has obviously changed my world when she was born, just like most dads feel the same way about their own kids. But uh, yeah, she is so talented and I, I wish I could show her off more. Well, it's really remarkable. Like I said, I've had a chance to view a lot of your, your videos and stuff. Uh, would you go ahead and tell us the inspiration behind your new song, Recall Them All? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm heavily engaged in politics locally, and I have I, I try to compartmentalize my life a little bit. Um, and I have some political innuendo in a lot of my music, but kind of it wasn't really a re resolution. I don't really believe in those. But as of the first year, I had planned on not doing anything political with my music anymore. I was going to segment. I was going to keep it separate. Chance sent me a message and Chance's friend of mine, and we've met locally and I, I, I already support his cause. And he says, you know what, Wes, you ought to write a song about recall Florida or, or just using recall in the, in the, in the uh, verbiage of the song. And at first I was adverse to it. I didn't, I didn't want to do it because of that pledge I'd made to myself to keep the music and the politics separate and then something happened locally in our in our in our local county commission, and you know it just pissed me off, if I'm being honest. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it! I'm writing this song. And I sat down, and and much to Chance's stress, because he messaged me every week. He's like, "How's it going with the song? How's it going with the song?" And I'm like, "Dude, I'm working on other stuff." <laughs> but I'm, I promise you, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then finally, 
over the last couple of weeks, I had time to dedicate to writing a song. And um, I, I, if if I'm being honest, lyrically, it was probably the easiest song I've ever written. Because right. it just, I was, I'm, I, I'm pissed off. I'm uh, and, and being engaged in politics, it just came real easy. And um, and I, I want to thank Chance for uh, for kind of urging me and pushing me to do it because uh, it it really it is truly from the heart. You know, I, I'm tired of these rhinos. I'm tired of these liberals that are getting they they make all these promises before they go into office, and then they get there and they do the exact opposite. Well, Ford, you know, Ford himself, he deals with the rhinos on a daily basis. He's in Washington, D.C. right now. He can tell you he's in Rhino Central. Oh, oh yeah. It, it, I mean, Wes, it, it's horrible. and, and it, it, You see it in the federal government, but I think what irks a lot of Floridians is, is it goes on in our state government as well, and, and even in our local government. And unfortunately, people feel like, they don't have a choice and their vote doesn't really matter. And they just kind of vote for the Republican because that's what's expected of them. And then they keep voting for the Republican and nothing ever changes. And they don't not only not deliver on their promises, they go back on some of the things that they actually voted for previously. It is no, absolutely. absolutely infuriating. I, I, I say this all the time. The liberals aren't really our problem as liberty-minded individuals. It's the rhinos because they're in there compromising our principles, running on all these things, telling us all the right crap. And I'm trying not to cuss. I, I'm trying to keep it clear. Yeah. But they're telling us all the right things when they're running. And then they get in there and do the exact opposite shit. Sorry. There it is. You're good. You're good. Well, <laughs> look, me and Ford talk about it a lot, man. And we get so frustrated. And Ford has to deal with the national. But Ford does live down here in my area. And Ford sees how corrupt. And, and if I would guess, I believe that our area, Lee County especially, is the most corrupt of any any of the other counties. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say of our 67 counties, I mean, there, there's a few that are obviously jostling for the top, but Lee County is definitely among one of the top five in Florida, not only because of the corruption, but also its impact on our statewide elections, its impact on sort of funding when it comes from the legislature. It is really a bad situation, and unfortunately, everyone who wants to challenge them is bullied out from doing it. And yeah. it's totally undemocratic. I can't believe I'm going to say that, but it really, really is a huge problem. And I'm glad people are speaking out against it, whether regardless of which of our 67 counties it is. Yeah, well, I want to uh, bring Chance into this conversation. Uh, and Chance, you run, recall them all. My first question is, what was the decision that drove you to starting this organization? Our organization started uh, about four years ago, Joe, as I was just I was just frustrated. I was kind of looking to the future. I was trying to imagine what the country would look like post Trump. Uh, I, I just I wasn't really wasn't liking what I, I felt like the future was going to hold. And uh, I was spending a lot of time on the Internet, really wasn't doing anything. I was kind of a, a keyboard warrior watching what was going on within our local community. And I just started asking questions, uh, you know, because I believe in the Constitution. I believe in the power of the people. And we should have the ability, if 
our elected officials govern according to our consent, what happens when they lose that consent? Do we have the power to remove them? Do we have the ability to control our own communities, the directions that they're traveling? You know, our, our elected officials, are they governing as, as we would want them to govern? Because each community in Florida has a different population of people. And those people should be able to govern their community as they see fit. I don't have to agree with them. I don't have to like them. But that's some of the basic principles of our government at the smallest level. They should be allowed to do that. Well, and here in Ford, Ford can tell you in Lee County, the situation we got is, is they don't really govern the way the people of the county want to govern. This is all ran by political strategists. And me and Ford talk about Terry Miller all the time. So I'll say his name, TM Strategies. And then you got Dan Eagle and Bowden Associates. And they control who gets in the chair and the Chamber of Commerce. And, I, and Ford is a victim of the Chamber of Commerce and Terry Miller, I'll tell you that right now, uh, himself. And, you know, the thing is, is we, we need to have a grassroots uprising with candidates that has no affiliation to developers, no affiliation to strategy companies or the agendas of the cabal, these lawyers downtown that run everything. And, and that's why really that I think that everybody needs to stand up and have the position to recall them all like the song says. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The Home Builders Association has a death grip on uh, this this state, uh, the power that they have and what they work through uh, our legislature, our governor, uh, you know, even the Commission on Ethics. You know, in the, in the last four years that we've been working through Recall Florida, it was a, it was a quick lesson in corruption. To, to the degree that it goes through. I met Wes uh, because I was invited to do a podcast on a citizen in Walton County, uh, Kate Holland. And her story will just blow your mind as far as what's going on in Walton County. I would venture to say, uh, Joe, that Walton County, uh, they would run just a sliver behind you guys when it comes to corruption. And it's all over the place. We get, uh, I get a lot of stories of corruption into uh, my inbox, people sending us uh, messages, wanting to know what to do here, what to do there. And we've compiled a lot of information in our files and guides section to try and help the citizens of Florida to stand up and uh, know how to reveal what's going on behind the scenes and stand up to their corrupt officials. Well, I think that's what we're all trying to do here. I mean, as like-minded folk are trying to do. Uh, now, one thing I want to talk to you about is uh, yesterday you told me you had uh, set up a meeting with the Fairpoint Regional Utility about the South Water Systems. Uh, would you mind sharing with our, our viewers what you discussed with them? Well, I personally didn't have the meet, meeting with them. I got a message from my co-founder, Carmen Reynolds. She's a retired lieutenant colonel, and we've been dealing with some issues. They wanted to put, uh, I think we have four or five water utilities in Santa Rosa County. They wanted to put them under one umbrella. The citizens rose up against that, 
and there that bill ended up dying uh, the death that it should die. So the Fairpoint uh, Water Utilities wants to pipe their uh, their wastewater underneath the Blackwater River and discharge it in our well field protection area, which is where a great uh, deal of Santa Rosa County gets their drinking water. Well, we're going to be talking about some uh, local water problems on uh, Men Ford's uh, version of the man's trash later. Uh, I told you, you have a podcast as well, don't you, Chance? Yes, I do. It's called The Stand Podcast. And I, uh, it's, a, it's a connection to the Recall Florida uh, movement. I created that because I wanted to address issues that citizens of Florida were dealing with around the state uh, and create awareness of the Recall Florida initiative. You know, Chance, one of the, one of the things that, you know, is, is really bothered me, whether it's the state legislature, the county commissioners, you know, one of the things, you know, is a, is a conservative. I'm not someone who believes that any way more government is better. Okay, we all know that that's a bad idea, except in one case here. And what I mean by that is, I mean, our state legislature. One of the things that I have an issue with, with our part-time state legislature, because they're part-time, their ability to take money from the people lobbying them when they're not in session is unbelievable. And I think that one of the solutions out there is to actually make them full-time legislators so that they don't aren't able to take advantage of those loopholes, not to mention all of the sort of pack money that flies around that gets buried underneath it. And I definitely believe that when it comes to ethics, you know, the idea that we see it in Collier County and in Lee, that a lot of local city council people do not want to sit on the city council once they actually have to divulge where they're getting their money from. So, I mean, there's a whole ethics thing and asking sort of the folks in Tallahassee to patrol themselves is not very good for the state of Florida and its citizens. No, it's a terrible idea. The Commission on Ethics, what we've what we've done to try and create awareness with the citizens of Florida is we've gone through and we've exposed the Commission on Ethics for their uh, conflict of interest. You know, you had uh, Chair Gilson at a $400,000 contract with Reedy Creek. And then we had a, another uh, chair of the Florida Commission on Ethics that had a, another contract where he was making a, a ton of money. And then you have the governor that was sitting on uh, ethics complaints that were, I think, almost seven years old that he had not signed off on. So the citizens, they're not, they're not getting their voices heard. And I've got a huge problem with that. You know, the Commission, on, the Commission on Ethics was created in 1968. The, the uh, criminal charges that could be brought against a uh, uh, legislature, those were removed in favor of the Commission. I don't feel like that, is, that has done us any justice, uh, you know, as far as the, the citizens are concerned. So that's, that's one of the angles that we've used to try and show the citizens that you should have the power like the 20 charter counties and the municipalities in the state have to recall an individual for cause. No, I, I can't agree more with that. Uh, Wes, uh, you do a podcast as well, don't you? 
Sure do. It's the Driveway Liberty podcast. We uh, concentrate primarily on national issues. Uh, we're we're um, I, we just got noticed yesterday that we are in the top ten percent of international audio podcasts. So uh, we're doing pretty good. We've interviewed Matt oh, that's good. some others, um, and we're always open to. We hope that one of you two guys or both of you guys will come on the cast at some point. Come sit in the driveway and have a beer because that's what we do. We well, Robert, Wes, I'll, I'll tell you this, Wes, though. It, you know, it's amazing that we're the freest state in, in the country, but at the same time, we're also one of the most corrupt states in the sure. country. And let me tell you, as bad as the corruption is in Florida, and I'll tell you, at the state and local level, it is one of the worst in the entire country. Sometimes I feel like Florida, you know, is Chicago with an R next to it. I mean, when you right. look at it in terms of the ballot. But I'm going to tell you something. You ain't seen nothing till you've seen the criminals up in Washington, D.C., and how they continue to be able to regenerate because of no term limits and a lot of other things. I mean, that's that's essentially, to give you an idea, Wes, that's essentially why Mitch McConnell stepped down the other day. Don't buy the nonsense about health reasons. Do not buy the nonsense that, yes, he and Trump had issues and Trump doesn't like him. But the real reason was is he wound up putting Ukraine funding before the border and lost you know, the confidence of his conference. Sure. And that is why he's down. And no one will actually tell you that. OK, but that's exactly what's going on. But again, you replace Mitch McConnell. If you pick Corn and Thune or someone else with the next problem is you're going to have the same problem again. One of the things that one of the things that in Washington. One of the things I think we need to consider, uh, you know, most of our state officials that move on to national representation, many of them start at the local level. So, I mean, if I was, if I had a unlimited resources, I, you know, I think if I was dreaming, I think I would create a national recall uh, level uh, for every state to remove them at the local level before they get to the national level, because that's when they do uh, a lot of damage. Right, right. Well, uh, I want to, Wes, I, I should certainly look forward to being able to see you live. It's been a true pleasure uh, over the last few days of getting to know you. I hope we can talk, talk more often. Uh, sure. tell, tell everybody where, where they can get the uh, song, where they can pre-order the song, please. They can go to Amazon and look for Wes Herndon. Um, Amazon, iTunes, it's on Apple. On March 8th, it'll be available for streaming. And you'll be once you pre-order, you'll automatically get the song delivered digitally to you um, on March 8th. Um, and 20% of everything this song earns is going to the efforts of Recall Florida. That's so, amazing. Um, you know, so definitely go out and do that. And I'm, I'm hoping to be scheduling some live shows. Love would love to come down there and see you guys and play. And, um, and you can find me on Facebook at West Herndon official on, on Twitter X. Uh, you can find me at West Herndon and, um, those you can find anything you need to know about me is disseminated in those two platforms. Chance, go ahead and tell everybody how they can find you. Well, I would encourage Ford and everybody uh, within the sound of this uh, video to go to recallflorida.com and learn more about the Recall Florida movement. We also have a Facebook group with almost 5,000 members from 64 counties. Uh, come check us out. Come see what we've got. And, uh, you know, Wes, I got to give it to you, man. 
you, you, you put out a great song and I look forward to the release and uh, to see how it's accepted by the citizens of Florida and quite possibly even nationally. I think it's going to be a hit. I think it's going to do, I think it's going to do well. Yeah, Wes, I think you're a very talented musician, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more from you. Um, I want to thank both of you for joining us, and I hope we can have you guys back on soon. Gentlemen, Good keep fighting the good fight. Absolutely. You guys too. Please, Thanks so please much. To meet you. Good to meet you guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Uh, Ford, Trump won Michigan, but Nikki Haley almost seems like the psycho who just won't take no. Yeah, she's the Liz Cheney of Hillary Clinton's. She has absolutely no chance whatsoever of being the Republican presidential nominee in 2024. And now all she's doing is trying to harm Donald Trump and his general election chances because every time she opens her mouth, Joe Biden's team basically is writing down what she's saying for the sole purpose of using it against Donald Trump. Now, Let's understand Michigan here. This was a big victory for Donald Trump. He got more votes, just himself, than were entirely cast in the uh, Democratic primary. And Michigan is a battleground state. It's one of the states Donald Trump has to win to become the 47th president of the United States. The good thing for the Republicans is that there's 230,000 Arab Americans in Michigan, and they are not thrilled with Joe Biden's position in the Israel-Hamas war, and that could come back to bite Joe Biden. And right now in the polls, Trump is winning. But remember, this is a state that Trump has to win, so it's something you got to keep an eye on in Michigan. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't sure what how you consider what Biden, they called Biden a win in, uh, in Michigan. But like you said, the Arab voters pushed – to get a goal, a goal to vote uncommitted, and they exceeded their expectations huge. I mean, I think they were looking for like ten thousand to go uncommitted, and they got almost like a hundred thousand. Yeah, they got they got they got a hundred. Let's call it one hundred and ten thousand votes. And let me tell you why that's important for the uncommitted in twenty twenty. Uh, Joe Biden won essentially by 150,000 votes. That's the kind of margin we're talking about. And in 2016, when Trump won the state, he won it by basically 11,000 votes. So these are very, very small margins in a state that I expect to be extremely tight. The other good thing that Trump has going for him is the United Auto Workers Union, which is big in Michigan, is not happy with Joe Biden's electric vehicles and the fact that he's you know basically waging war on American energy and the combustion engine. And the other group that's actually paying close attention that we've talked to before is the Teamsters. Now right. the Teamsters are, are you know a private union, but at the same time, they're the folks that I call the human supply chain. Right. And they're not thrilled at all with Joe Biden as well, even though their leaders may be on the side of Joe Biden. To give you an idea, the Teamsters made their first donation to the Republican National Committee for the first time since, I believe, the mid-1990s. Think That's about amazing. that. I got a clip from uh, Michigan. We're going to play this, and then we'll talk about it a little more. Ahead of today's primary in Michigan, 
2024 Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley vowed to keep up the fight against her party's frontrunner, former President Donald Trump. I'm fighting to make sure he's not the nominee. I don't think he or Joe Biden should be president. But Trump has already won every GOP primary so far, and he's expected to add the Great Lakes state to the list tonight. He has a lot of momentum, there's no doubt about it. President Biden is also on the ballot, but he faces opposition from people critical of his handling of the war between Israel and Hamas. Activists are pushing supporters to vote uncommitted in protest. The whole world demonstrated and demanded for this war to stop. He does have this power. Experts say protest votes in Michigan's primary could spell trouble for Biden come November in a battleground state he won in 2020 after it went for Trump in 2016. If a sizable portion of the Democratic electorate here in Michigan votes uncommitted during the primary. That will be a five alarm fire for the White House. Later this week, both Trump and Biden turned their attention to the southern border with dueling trips to Texas. I've been planning to go Thursday. What I didn't know is uh, my good friend apparently is gone. Meanwhile, Haley has a rally scheduled today in Colorado, part of a multi-state run in the lead up to next week's Super Tuesday. Well, Ford, we just talked about most of that, but you're right. I mean, if enough of them vote uncommitted, Biden's done. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Remember, sometimes in elections, you're not concerned about whether someone's going to vote uh, for the Democrat or the Republican. You're concerned about whether they're going to vote at all. And again, there are not any votes that Joe Biden can lose and still hope to hold on to uh, Michigan. And here's something else I want to add into this. And this is what Nikki Haley constantly lies about. Nikki Haley runs out there and says, Trump has no chance in the general election. Let me tell you something. Trump is leading the national vote, the popular vote, and in the six battleground states over Biden. You know something? Nikki Haley isn't doing as well in the battleground states. Remember, we run on the electoral college than Donald Trump is. And the other thing is that by March 12th, Trump will have the necessary 1,215 delegates to be the Republican nominee. So again, Nikki Haley has zero chance, and all she's doing is helping Joe Biden with the nonsense and shenanigans. That's why I call her the Liz Cheney of Hillary Clinton's. And that's why you don't hear no Democrats complaining about her neither. Yeah, and remember, the Democrats are trying to say, you guys would be better off if Nikki Haley was the nominee. Beware of Greek-bearing gifts. The Democrats are loving the Nikki Haley sideshow. Well, Ford, uh, I wanted to ask you what's the latest on Trump's legal hurdles. What's going on with the oh, uh, big Fanny down there in Georgia? Well, Fanny Willis, you know, actually, as we speak, they're having the final hearing for Fanny Willis's uh, whether or not she's going to be removed from the case. I find it hard to believe that she and Nathan Wade will not be removed from the case after that fat guy was sweating all day long, Terrence Bradley kind of oh, spilled the beans, so to speak. And remember, the standard for her removal here is the appearance of impropriety. Once she's removed, the case will be given to someone else. The chance of a case occurring uh, before the election or anything like that, I think, is null and void in Atlanta. So that's a big victory for Donald Trump. But he also had another big victory with the Supreme Court deciding to take up the immunity case against him with respect to the District of Columbia and the January 6th nonsense the Democrats are trying to throw at him. Look, that's another situation where the Supreme Court will make a ruling for or against Trump sometime this summer, which means that essentially based on the timeline 
and the DOJ, which says federal cases against political candidates cannot begin within 60 days of election. I find it very, very hard to believe that the January 6th case in the District of Columbia will go forward before the election. And this immunity situation could also affect the classified documents case that we're talking about where today Trump is in court again in that situation where I think that case is going to be delayed if it happens at all until after the election. So realistically, the only thing, if they if they uh, get rid of Fannie Willis and that they remove her from the case, they won't have time to try him before the election. And and so how about in New York, same thing or no? Unfortunately, Alvin Bragg, and you got to realize, like this is, I know it's very legalese in the weeds, but this Alvin Bragg case is honestly the biggest joke I've ever seen, and the reason why is something called the statute of limitations. He's trying to charge him with smoke and mirrors, 34 felonies, he tries to call it. All the time is run on the crime, so you can't try him. And then he's trying to do what is called bootstrapping, which is where you tie a federal crime to a state crime so you can bring in a felony. The whole thing is one hocus pocus act. But I always tell people, if the federal crime was so great that Alvin Bragg's trying to use, how come Jack Smith hasn't tried him there? Again, when it comes to these state cases, they brought in the C-team, the clowns, Fannie Willis and Alvin Bragg, and luckily the Trump legal team has really done some impressive work in terms of pushing back on the weaponization of the law against the chief political opponent of one Joe Biden. You know, you know, we used to joke and say, you know, the the U.S. medals in other other countries' elections. Now you've got our governor, governor, government meddling in our own elections. And let me right. tell you something: regardless of how you feel about Donald Trump, this is honestly one of the craziest things i've ever seen this sort of stuff happens in russia not in america now i agree well you brought up early mitch mcconnell uh yeah he did state that he was stepping down as the gop senate leader my question is who do you think is going to replace him well let me tell you what else he did besides the idea remember they tried to put this border bill up there in the Senate, which was really about Ukraine's borders, not America's borders. And then they lied about what it did. It was so bad, okay, that even Mitch McConnell defected from his own bill. But that, it, that, it got even worse. So earlier this week, they had a meeting of what is called the big four congressional leaders in the White House with Joe Biden to talk about, you know, funding the government over the shutdown. And you had Mitch McConnell uh, Speaker Johnson is the two Republicans, and you had Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries is the two Democrats. And in the middle of the meeting, Speaker Johnson rightfully said, hey, guys, we got to do something on the border. And Mitch McConnell basically told, threw him to the wood chipper and said, you don't care. Nothing's going to happen on the border. And by the way, you need to pass the Ukraine funding. When word got out that he threw Speaker Johnson to the wood chipper in front of the Democrats in the White House, you got to wonder what team Mitch McConnell's on. Yeah, I kind of heard he told him, he said, that train done left the station, son. But you don't say that in front of the president of the United States and two Democrat leaders of Congress. I mean, again, what team is Mitch McConnell on? It certainly ain't the side of the Republicans, and it certainly ain't the side of the American people because I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. What is going on at our border? is absolutely insane. And then you see the death of that nursing student in Atlanta, Georgia. How much more pain 
that the American people have to face before Joe Biden actually gets serious about the border and utilizes all of his powers to minimize the harm that can happen to America, just as Donald Trump did. Well, that's what our last story on the national is going to be. Uh, President Trump visited the border yesterday, but he wasn't the only one. Joe Biden also went to the border to sniff things out. I got a little clip of that. Partisan border security deal is a win for the American people. The United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of a vicious violation to our country. We need more agents, more officers, more judges, more equipment in order to secure our border. 4,300 sex crimes, 1,600 kidnappings, and 1,700 homicides and murders. These are the people that are coming into our country. I want the people to understand clearly what happened here. This bill was in the United States Senate, was on its way to being passed. Then it was derailed by rank and file politics, rank partisan politics. Three years ago, we had the most secure border in history, and we weren't promising free education, free medical, free everything. I mean, all the promises that are made, no wonder they come. The U.S. Senate needs to reconsider this bill, and those senators who oppose it need to set politics aside and pass it on merits. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. I call him Crooked Joe because he's crooked. He's a terrible president. Here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with issue, Instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. Instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Well, there you have it, man. I mean, it's it's just the most ridiculous. Every time he speaks, I cringe. I think Donald Trump said it the way the American people feel about it. And Biden's just, he's just sitting there holding the chair. Look, this whole, this is such a sham, okay? This idea that there's some bipartisan bill in the Senate that's going to secure the border. It's not going to secure the border. It's just going to process more illegals faster into America, the idea of amnestying them, okay? And people need to call this out. Now, under Donald Trump, without any help from Congress, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And Donald Trump right now is the best thing on either, in either party when it comes to securing the border. Let me tell you something else about that bipartisan sham that they keep pushing. Do you realize that more Democrats didn't vote for that bill than Republicans voted for the bill? Think about what I said. Only four Republicans voted for it. Five Democrats didn't vote for it. How is that bipartisan? In what world is two idiots on the Republican side voting for something bipartisan? I mean, it, it, everything they tell you is an entire lie. Now, let me let me just really bring this home for people to tell you how bad it is, because it's really about detentions and deportations. Because remember, if you want to secure the border, you have to do three things. You have to deter people from coming here. You have to detain people once they're here and you have to deport them in a timely manner. So let's go back to 2023. In 2023, we had roughly 24,000 Chinese nationals Across the border. Joe, less than 450 of them were deported. So basically less than 1%, give or take, 1%, 2%, were deported. Now, remember, this is the Chinese nationals. Do you think the Chinese Communist Party doesn't know that 2,400 people got into America? I mean, how long until they basically just come that way and am get amnestied in here and take us over from within? I mean, that's their stated plan anyway. 
And now Joe Biden is giving away to do it. Remember, border security is national security. And then they try to say, hey, you, President Trump is not humane. You know what's not humane? Getting the migrants themselves killed, because that's what Joe Biden's doing. And it's also inhumane to American citizens who you have a compact to protect their safety. How many more nursing students have to die like the gal in Georgia? And, un yeah. and unfortunately, you know what else is really bad is that even though it's the number one issue in the election right now, do you realize that only about half the media is actually covering the border? Think about that. Because frankly, even though Joe Biden's approval on the border is 26%, which is head scratching as it is, it'd be 0% if the media was being honest with you about what's going on at the border. I tell you, and, and you know, there's a, another podcaster. They have some kind of news organization, but I watch this guy a lot. He does more coverage of the border than anybody in the United States. His name is Oscar L. Blue. And, I mean, you watch. He puts stuff that nobody, nobody in the States are putting out. And, I mean, he's right there with them. He's he's crossing. He went all through Venezuela. He's went everywhere following the caravan. And you'd think that this guy would be known by everybody. And I bring his name up and I'm like, no, it's like they don't want you to see the truth. And he's he's exposed a lot of truth. Well, one of the worst things that nobody really talks about is how your federal tax dollars are going to pay uh, non, you know, non-government organizations to basically disperse the illegal aliens all over the country. You know, and I always tell people, here's something people don't realize. And a lot of Democrats don't know this, and they never want you to say this. You realize that illegal aliens vote for president of the United States. The reason why that is is because when we take the census every 10 years, we don't count the number of citizens. We count the number of people. And that's how we determine the number of electoral votes for each state gets. It also helps in terms of divvying up congressional seats and where lines are drawn. Again, it's not based on citizens. It's based on people. So remember, when people leave from California to go to Arizona, Florida, Texas, wherever, California should lose electoral votes, but they don't because they replaced it with illegal aliens. And then they, then they send illegal aliens to Texas, Florida. Think about this for a second. At some point, they're going to turn Texas blue. It's only a matter of time, and they've got no problem harming the American people just to import new voters. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. Well, we're going to move on to our local segment. Uh, everybody likes to hear about the man's trash. Man's trash. Uh, this week, I, I believe, Ford, that what I've got to say is going to open everybody's eyes up to what's really happening in Lee County. And in my opinion, this might be the most important information that nobody's talking about that we're going to uh, put out today. Uh, I've been trying. I, I've, this is only part of the story, and I've been trying to open people's eyes to this. Who the real David Mullica, who has been endorsed by every establishment elected official, is. He's repeatedly been accused of illegally dumping hazardous waste, we have all the documentation. Why are conservationists not going ape shit crazy over this? And as we talk, I want to play a little clip. As, and you're going to see this is the information, and I'm proving that we have it all. Uh, 
you know, Ford, the Environmental Protection Agency, Dave also. I want every one of you so-called community servants who endorsed him to look me in the eye and tell me how they can put their support behind someone who's proven he has no concern whatsoever about our environment or destroying our ecosystem. The chemical composition of cancer-causing agents, and there's the property right there you're looking at, the DEP found report back to Maka, nothing has been done to clean this up. He doesn't care. These small bodies of water, they feed into the Ten Mile Canal. Anything deposited into this is absorbed. It don't just disappear for it. It's there. And, you know, this body of water feeds the Ten Mile Canal, which feeds into the Estero Bay and then on into the beach. Uh, so, you know, you got everybody up in arms over the Okeechobee uh, waterway that when release and stuff like that. But this guy's destroying an area where we have dolphins, manatees, bull sharks, and other aquatic life that is sustained in these waters. And I am sure they have to have been impacted. There's no possibility that that hasn't had an effect for them. Look, remember the most important thing about Southwest Florida, and that is the quality of life we have. We must protect that quality of life every way possible. And again, you know, based on these allegations, you got I think people need to know who's going to be representing him. And the other thing here is, remember, if, if he becomes a county commissioner, guess what's going to happen? You know, his firm's going to get more work. And if his firm gets more work on your tax dollar and this is what we're already seeing in allegations, People need to know the facts about people. Well, you know, because of his actions, the property owner as well has been saddled with the property on the DEP's website as a dump site for toxic waste and chemicals. The value of this property has depreciated. You'll never be able to recover, and you cannot build a home in, on that area. Uh, the indignation of David Mullica not to care to be so unconcerned and arrogant is astounding that he would even want to run for county commission. Hey, look, you know what happens when people get in bed with Terry Miller. <laughs> it does not surprise me in the least because Terry Miller will block anyone who tries to tell the truth about the people that represent them in Lee County. It's just a fact, and it goes over and over, and the people just need to know who's on the ballot, and, you know, what shortcomings they may have. But, I mean, remember, we always talk about this. Here's what a lot of people want. Everyone wants to talk about who's in the state legislature, who's representing us in Congress federally, who's on the school board. But I always tell people the most important positions in Lee County, and for that matter, all of Southwest Florida, are your county commissioners because they are the most powerful people and hold the most sway over the day-to-day, -day, you know, actions of your life. And therefore, you need to vet your county commissioners very, very closely. Well, I just I'll say this. If there's no one that would run against him, we're better off leaving that seat empty. I mean, he, he's nothing more than a political hack looking to benefit himself and his company. He's a dead on Millerite, like you said. You know, we started this show by talking about corruption and here we have potential corruption right before your eyes and yet nobody is saying a peep about it other than you, Joe. Well, 20 years ago, 
uh, you can see clear to the bottom of the 10-mile canal. Today, you can't see anything. It's so dark. Molokka is not the only problem, but the runoffs from the airport are being flushed down the 10-mile canal as well. Uh, you know, many believe that's the flooding from 2017 that was caused by rain, the rain and Irma, but we researched it. And it was caused by a break in one of the detention ponds that had been just repaired and updated by Manhattan Construction. The county covered it up, refused to acknowledge this because it would have made them liable for the hundreds of homes that were damaged in the Island Park area. And many don't know this story, but these are facts. People need to know the facts, Joe. I mean, you're speaking the truth. And unfortunately, much of this never gets out to the general public or to the voters. And they've got to remember their local officials are the officials that matter most in their life. And they need to know all the allegations out there about them. Well, next week, there is a commission meeting. And I plan on going and asking them after what information I've released how can they look me in the face and tell me that they still endorse David Mulford? Well, I'll be staying, I'll, I'll be staying tuned just like everybody else, Joe. <laughs> well, finally, folks, we've had a pretty full show. I want to tell you that the people who are trying to save J.C. Park and rescind the stipend in Cape Cool, Florida, uh, they have been set up. I've worked with the management out a situation to allow them to set up at the exit at Farmer Joe's Fresh Market. They are taking signatures. Uh, they're taking signatures to save J.C. Park. They're taking signatures to uh, rescind the stipend, the money that the city council and uh, stipend John gave themselves to double their salary. Uh, they are going to be out there from 11 until uh, about 5. Uh, I told them to go through Sunday. However, uh, Farmer Joe's does senior day on Monday, so they're going to be there until Monday. Go out, visit them, sign the, sign the petition to uh, save J.C. Park, sign the petition to resend that stipend money that the, our government stole from taxpayers without putting it to the vote. Ford, as always, my friend, I appreciate you. I thank you for coming on. Uh, I hope that you have a good week. Uh, for Fort O'Connell, I'm Smoking Joe. I'll see you later. I love you, Florida.